that which causes any culture or any nation to thrive is this moral substance. That is moral backbone. It has a moral code that it follows. What we're witnessing in America is really what we might call Sodom's second coming. President Joe Biden, just the other day, Tuesday of this week, signed into law the Respect for Marriage Act, RMA. It was a White House ceremony reported by LifeSite News that tells us that repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, by which federal law had recognized that a marriage was between a man and a woman. However, since the time of Barack Obama, and now underscored by the Biden administration, every state is forced to recognize that a marriage is between two individuals, regardless of sex, race, or ethnicity. Of course, race and ethnicity have not been any kind of an issue in America at all, as long as I have been alive. And it really is about sexual orientation or sexual identity. The Lavender community celebrates what President Biden did, and he swooned on Tuesday this statement. He said, this law... And the love it defends strikes a blow against all hate in all forms. Thank you, he says, to everyone for a long-fought victory that has been many years in the making. Now, the guest for Biden's sodomite ceremony included Marty Cummings. Cummings was a, or is a non-binary queer youth drag queen by which our perverted president shows that the degenerated agenda of the homosexual agenda movement, that's his agenda also, including the promotion, this is part of it, the promotion of mental, surgical, chemical transitioning of children who supposedly suffer from gender dysphoria. I have said for years that in the wings of the homosexual movement and the homosexual agenda comes all kinds of, Strange ideas, all kinds of perversions, changing children. For example, the North American Man-Boy Love Association had always been a part of the homosexual agenda, breaking down the barriers that people have, just moral codes that they have regarding adults on children. That's exactly what Joe Biden's is all about, breaking all of this down. And that is he's supporting, it's hard to believe he supports the prom- and promotes mental, surgical, and chemical transitioning of children who supposedly suffer from gender dysphoria. It's hard to believe that we have a president that has been elected by anyone in office that would support this. It is hedonism gone to seed. The Daily Wire reports this regarding his sodomite ceremony, that Marty Cummings was stunned to have received the presidential approval. That was the queer youth non-binary drag queen that, that was in, uh, in, a, in a attendance. He said, to be a non-binary drag artist invited to the White House is something I've never imagined would happen. Grateful doesn't begin to express the emotions I feel. I'm a queer, feminist person who uses... Not just male pronouns, but female and non-gendered pronouns. I feel like gender is a social construct. There's more than one gender, and I don't really know where I fall in that. The only dysphoria that the entire Democratic Party 
suffers from, and apparently many Republicans in Congress as well, is moral dysphoria. Let's talk about moral dysphoria for a moment. That is disorientation morally. Hate, like beauty, is in the eye or ear of the beholder. Joe Biden made the comment, did he not? He says we have come past the hate. We're striking a blow against hate in all of its forms because, of course, they're putting into play the RMA, that is, the Respect for Marriage Act. Hate, as I said, is in the eye or the ear of the beholder. Hate itself has been classified, think about this for a moment, as a criminal feeling that is harbored by people that enhances penalties if they act upon that feeling. In other words, if someone commits a crime against another person and it can be determined that they had some kind of prejudice against them, and it's not just anger, not just rage, According to the official government website, it's not just rage or anger. If they have some kind of prejudice against a person or if they feel like that that person is not what they ought to be, any kind of feeling like that, that is described by the government as hate, bias against other people and groups. And so with one swipe, our hedonistic government, the one under which we now live, condemns the Bible and its moral teachings as hate speech. Because when Inspired teaching dissects homosexual behaviors, we'll notice in just a moment from Romans chapter 1, as sinful and unnatural or vile passions, such as homosexuality is described as in Romans 1. That explanation is classified as hate speech, and that cannot be allowed in a free marketplace of ideas. So make no mistake, it is the Bible that is in the crosshairs of the debased government that we are now living under. For example, think about the freak show that the Biden administration has put forward. Isn't it just as absolute far-fetched as you can imagine? Think about Sam Brinton for just a moment. That's the non-binary Biden administration nuclear official who goes around with green lipstick and wearing dresses and bald head who's been a part of Biden's freak show and was recently fired for allegations of stealing women's luggage. <coughs> he was instrumental in a passage of state bans on conversion therapy. The homosexual community wants, they say, protection from moral teaching. They don't want to be exposed to moral teaching. So Deviant Joe, along with Sodomite Sam, will fulfill this. No free marketplace of ideas any longer. Conversion to Christ is outlawed. So much for freedom. That's where we are. Now, Europeans are on the same trajectory as we are, except they're further along. For example, in 2019, Pavi Rasanen, a former Finnish minister of the interior, was prosecuted for tweeting biblical passages which show that homosexuality is sinful. Now, she simply put up the tweet whether it be a 1 Corinthians 6 passage or Romans chapter 1 passage or others, Jude verse 6, showing that homosexuality is sinful. Prosecutors, however, she went to court. They took her to court. Prosecutors said that her comments will likely cause intolerance, contempt, and hatred toward homosexuals. Thus, she must cease and desist. Her religious freedom was being denied in the name of tolerance. Now, I want to... I want you to look back for just a few moments. We'll think about this 
moral dysphoria back to the Obama administration. Among the many lies that President Obama peddled as he was running for president, as a matter of fact, in order to change America into some kind of rainbow coalition, it has now become a fact that the big fat fabrication that he made in 2008 that said he was opposed to same-sex marriage, that was exactly what it was, a big fat fabrication. His political strategist, David Axelrod, confesses that in his book. His book is called Believer, My 40 Years in Politics. Now, Axelrod wrote that he knew full well that Obama had been always in favor of homosexual marriage. However, this is a direct quote from the book, opposition to gay marriage was particularly strong in the black church. And as he ran for higher office, he grudgingly accepted the counsel of more pragmatic folks like me and modified his position to support civil unions rather than marriage, which he would term a sacred union. So Barack Obama came out and said, as he ran for president the first time, that he did not believe in same-sex marriage. But when the cultural waters were cool enough, he pushed for homosexual marriage, and it was no flip-flop as was promoted by mainstream media. It was actually an outright deception. He supposedly rethought the issue. But according to Axelrod, it was not rethinking. He was simply cooling the waters. He was simply testing the waters to see when he might be able to dip in all the way. And so later in 2016, eight years later, in a mass email sent out by, to his supporters in the Democratic Party, Obama admitted that he lied about his views on marriage. His statement is, in fact, or this is actually from uh, Alex Newman commenting on it. In fact, if his latest claims are to be believed, Obama has actually been lying to voters for decades, going all the way back to when he launched his political career in the home of Castro-backed communist terrorist Bill Ayers. Despite proudly lying to voters all those years when he claimed to believe in the sacredness of what is today called traditional marriage, Obama admitted that one of the reasons he got into politics was to radically change the definition and meaning of the institution underpinning human civilization for millennia. Now, what does this mean, ladies and gentlemen? It means that not only did Obama lie his way into office in every elected office that he's ever held, he lied his way into it. Just the same as Joe Biden has done in the presidential office today. He lied his way into it, and we know that's the case. And Obama believed he was always deceiving the stupid voters, and many of them apparently are. Because instead of facing political suicide by telling the truth, he lied until he felt the atmosphere was conducive and he would come out of the closet and support homosexual marriage. And I'm going to say this, sadly, it was, it was so quick that the black churches, and many, not just black churches, but the churches and preachers, they broke down their barriers, and so many of them had moral crumbling foundations anyway. They didn't have to take a stand on any biblical issue, really what the Bible teaches at all. And myriads of black churches are more interested in Obama's blackness than his moral standards. And so he came out in support of it, and they continued to support him. Little wonder that we are in a state of moral dysphoria in America, and now we're spinning quickly out of control. Moral dysphoria. We've rejected the biblical teaching. Homosexual marriage has been put into place 
by lies and deception and the weakness of our leadership who cannot stand upon principle at all. And in the wake of it, what are we seeing? The sexual mutilation of children. It is an atrocity. And as my next guest put it on the telephone to me recently, he said, if this is where we are in America, and it is, then God owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology because we are right there now too. We'll be back in a moment. The Democratic Party and many Republicans as well have made it a campaign to outlaw what they call conversion therapy. What is conversion therapy? Conversion therapy is that you teach someone the truth and particularly they're referring to homosexuality and trying to win people to Christ and to the truth by teaching them what the Bible teaches. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? I, I challenge anyone to come to the text and answer what the Bible teaches regarding it. And this is why I'm telling you now that the Bible has already been classified in European countries, in Canada, in certain respects, as hate speech, and they're going in that direction in America today, too. And it's going to be that way in my own lifetime. They're going to classify the Bible as hate speech. So let's look at what Romans chapter 1 teaches. Paul, doing the writing for the wrath of God, he says, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hinder the truth and unrighteousness. Let's stop there for a moment. The word hinder means suppress because they suppress the truth, and that's an unrighteous act. It's exactly what we're talking about here. The Democrats are seeking to ban conversion therapy. They don't want to be exposed to what the Bible teaches, what the truth teaches regarding any topic, particularly what it tells about sexuality. Therefore, suppression of truth. It's exactly what Paul tells us in Romans 1.18. Then he goes on to say this, the next verse, because that which is known of God is manifest in them that is made known in them. For God manifested it unto them. That is, God made known his will to men. He encoded everybody with the truth. William Blackstone came to passages such as these and made this comment. He says, when God made man, he put his thumbprint upon him. He put it right on his heart. That is, right on his character. And it is something from which we cannot escape. That is, we have the capacity to think in terms of right and wrong. And that is, of course, the thumbprint of God. And he goes on to tell us that. Verse 20, Paul tells us, For the invisible things of him since the creation of the world are clearly seen, being perceived through the things that are made, even his everlasting power and divinity, that they may be without excuse, because that knowing God, they glorified him not as God, neither gave thanks. Do you know one of the greatest crimes in America is ingratitude? And we see it in the youth continually. Ingratitude, that's exactly what he's talking about here. They didn't glorify God. That is, they didn't give thanks to God. They didn't honor God. They refused to honor him. And so, therefore, because of that, they didn't glorify him. And they became, he tells us, vain in the reasonings. When people do not honor God, they become stultified in the reasoning. The reasoning becomes corrupted, and it's vain. It's empty. That means it's void. It doesn't come to any rational conclusion. And we're seeing that in America right now. So professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God for the likeness of an image of corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them up. I want you to note three times in the text that Paul tells us 
a society that has encoded this in its law, that has made this a part of its program, is the society that God gives up. Wherefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts unto uncleanness, that the body should be dishonored among themselves. We're seeing that in America right now, aren't we? That they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Now, here's the passage, verse 26, that comes straight to the point pertaining to homosexuality. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile passions. For their women changed the natural use into that which is against nature. He doesn't say simply a woman with a woman, sexually speaking, is unnatural. He says that it is against nature and it is a vile passion. Then he goes on to say, likewise, also the man leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working unseemliness and receiving in themselves the recompense, that is the reward of the punishment, which was due. And then verse 28, and even as they refused to have God in the knowledge, God gave them up unto a reprobate mind. We're seeing in the train of homosexuality in America and particularly in what we have talked about in the first block pertaining to the new law that Biden signed the other day, the Respect for Marriage Act, which forces all of the states to recognize homosexual marriage. We're seeing exactly Romans 1 played out. Do you know another passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6? And in that text, we're told very plainly and explicitly, verses, this, would, uh, this is verses 9 and 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornication or fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with men. Then he goes on to mention thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let's go back to those two phrases here. The effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with men. The effeminate is referring to one, the, the male who plays a female role in a homosexual relationship. Abusers of themselves with men is a Greek word that refers to the one who plays the male role in that relationship. These will not inherit the kingdom of God. It is sinful activity. And the Old Testament tells us in Leviticus chapter 20, when Israel adopted these things from the pagan nations, he tells them the land would vomit them out. This is where our president has led us. This is where Obama led us. And this is where Joe Biden has led us. It is not simply a neutral idea. As many people and many pundits tell us, it doesn't matter to them. Even Trump said it doesn't make any difference. No, this is something that's going to take America down. That's what's going to happen. Now, I want you to know that our website is changing up. We're talking about it's called Patriotic Pulpit at this point. We'll call it Patriotic Pulpit. The website's still up. That is American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. You can go there, donate to the program. The program is going to be called Patriotic Pulpit. Not only so, but we're on Spotify and we're on Amazon Music. And, of course, the articles that I write pertaining to some of these topics, as a matter of fact, this topic right here about which I speak is going to be on the News Talk 1290 website. You can go there to find my articles and then Spotify and Amazon Music. You can find Patriotic Pulpit, my name, and then you have the shows that are posted there. We'll be back in a moment. Our guest, by the way, is coming up in just a moment, and uh, and he's one who's very much on target 
for some of these particular issues. And we'll talk with him in just a moment. Okay, our very special guest is Ron Kennedy. Ron and his brother Don, the Kennedy twins, have been frequent guests on this show. And it's been a little while since I've had them on the show. And Ron has been uh, one of our favorites. You know, people always appreciate Ron when he's here because he has such good things to say. Uh, he, is a, he has a Christian standard, a uh, Christian man. He writes a lot of great books about the South. And so uh, we're going to talk about the culture. But, you know, uh, he has some material that we want to talk about, first of all. So welcome to the program, Ron. Thank you for the invite. Good, good to be back. And I hope everybody in Texas and the rest of the country that's listening to you are doing quite well and ready to have a Merry Christmas. Well, thank you for that. You know what? That's... Uh, I, I, you know, I pray for safety and safe travel, and uh, for you and your family, I hope that you have a Merry Christmas as well. And, uh, you know, Ron, um, I wanted to ask you the other day when we, I was on the phone just talking about coming on the show, you uh, were facing, I guess you had some tornadoes in the area. Did, did everything go all right, or what was the story there? Well, we, uh, we had quite a, a rough time in St. Tammany Parish, but thankfully there was about a half a dozen uh, Funnel cloud sighted and a couple of them touched down, but luckily no major damage. Unfortunately, up in North Louisiana, close to where my twin brother lives, uh, in the Shreveport area, I believe that one tornado, a lady and her daughter or child was killed. Mm. So uh, it, it was some rough weather coming through Louisiana and, and the rest of the country. And uh, I, I talked to my daughter in Dallas and they, they didn't get any of it. Uh, I, she's in Austin, I'm sorry. And they didn't get any over in uh, Austin, but uh, it was pretty bad for a while. But thankfully, you know, we all made it all right. Well, how's your brother doing, Don? He, he's doing great. Uh, I can just keep him busy, you know. Uh, he's getting so old. Uh, I, I don't know how my <laughs> twin brother got so old, but I, I call him every morning, tell him to get up and get busy. We have a revolution to start and a country to save. So. Boy, isn't that the truth? I tell you what, it, that's boy, you've said it there. Well, before we get into saving this country, I did want to ask you about your new book. I know that uh, I, I I put you in my phone as the the uh, co-author of the Confederate Mythbuster, and also the South was right. You have those great books as well as a number of others, but you have a brand new book. And how you have time to write books, I don't know. But uh, tell us about the new one. Well, yeah, together between Donald and I, we have around, we've lost count, somewhere 20 or 22 books mm. that we've written. Uh, of course, The South Was Right is a bestseller. It sold uh, close to 150,000 copies. It is now in its third edition. Uh, but the latest book is uh, Jefferson Davis, How Road to Emancipation and Constitutional Government. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'm going to urge people to go to Amazon, take a look at it. It's in paperback or hardback, although I haven't got my hardbacks yet, but I had, they did send me some of the paperback. But uh, the, the idea is that the South, and, and Jefferson Davis and through him, the South has always been accused by the liberal establishment that the South was fighting to maintain slavery and that the, that the whole modus operandi of the South was to maintain and expand slavery all across America. Uh, a great lie, but the lie has been uh, perpetrated and continues to, to be so. But in this book, I show how Jefferson Davis and the South, through him, uh, was actually seeking, as Jefferson Davis said, the high road to emancipation. 
unlike the low road that Lincoln did. So he was wanting to prepare the slaves for freedom. He did more than talk about it. He actually put it into practice in his own plantation. Uh, a lot of people will be shocked when they read the actual uh, testimony of Davis's, some of Davis's slaves, and they weren't referred to as slaves. They were referred to as servants, which was a more proper uh, term. But uh, his slaves were all educated. He, at his own expense, he uh, put uh, set up schools to teach them. And, and when they got their freedom, one of them said, we were able to take care of ourselves. Unfortunately, Lincoln's way of emancipation is just declare freedom and y'all just get out. And as, as Lincoln said, and he said this, let the blacks root hog or die. Mm. That, that is a horrible thing to say. And and uh, the question was put to him: How are these slaves going to survive? That their whole livelihood is on the plantation, and you're destroying the plantations. He said, "Let them root hog or die." You know, so mm. that was the low road to emancipation. The one that unfortunately was taken, and not only did it impoverish the former slaves, but about oh, forty percent of the white South as well. Uh, so. Uh, Anyway, that's what this book is about, including uh, that also his fight to, to make sure that the Constitution, as originally written, is maintained and enforced. And unfortunately, we lost on both accounts, and America lost. That's why uh, Vice President Stevens said that the cause uh, of the South is now the cause of all America. He said that after the close of the war. Because the Constitution mm-hmm. no longer exists as it was originally founded. That's enough about that. Let's talk about what's going on today. Well, you know what? You did make one comment I wanted to follow up on. I thought maybe it was pretty interesting, and I think people need to realize it. And you said, if, if you don't mind, and I think mm-hmm. you even have a book on this. But you said it, in Slay, that is after the, the, the uh, impact of Lincoln and the right Reconstruction had an impact upon Forty percent of the white population, and and put put them in poverty. Absolutely, and uh, we do that. We have a book called "Punish with Poverty," uh, and that was post-war. The entire South was, and that included the people they were supposedly fighting to free the the slaves, the, the former slaves, and about forty percent of the Southern white population were uh, were punished with poverty and were turned into not slaves, but sharecroppers, which was recognized by religious leaders, political leaders, and social uh, scientists as being, quote, a new form of slavery. Indeed, it was in many, many, many respects far worse than slavery itself, and about 60% of the the, uh, sharecroppers were white. So yeah. it, 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 all of it suffered. The entire South suffered because Lincoln and the Republican Party took the low road to emancipation. Mm. And as anyone who studied, they know that it, it was not the love of, of black people that motivated Lincoln and the Republican Party to uh, invade the South. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, that, that's good. I mean, I think you're right. I think that's exactly right. And I appreciate you bringing that out because people don't know that and they don't hear it. And I think they need to hear that. So, well, hey, listen, uh, regarding the, you said something the other day and I thought, and I repeated it uh, just a little bit ago on the radio, but I want, I want maybe to follow up with it. And you said, this is talking about our culture now that 
if this continues like we're going now, or as it apparently is, that God maybe owes an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah because we've become Sodom and Gomorrah. Absolutely. And as I said, God's not in the apologizing business. So I think the same wrath that fell upon uh, those evil cities is going to fall upon us, the wrath of God, if we the people don't come back to our senses. Uh, and if you'll look, a lot of people, especially conservatives, they're, oh, we got to elect more Republicans, we've got to get control of Congress. All that's well and good, but but they're looking at downstream because politics is downstream from the culture. Yes. You know, you, you got bad politics because you got horrible, disgusting, perverted uh, culture. But wait a minute, preacher. Where does culture come from? Culture is downstream from religion. There's what we've lost. We've lost the faith of our fathers. Now, not you and I, and not right. probably the people listening to this broadcast, but the vast majority of Americans have. So when you lose that, when you expel God from from the, the, the nation, well, you know, nature will not tolerate a vacuum. Something's going to replace it. And, uh, you know, Justice Potter most people don't remember, well, most people aren't old enough to remember when the Supreme Court of the United States uh, outlawed prayer and Bible reading in schools and finally in all of public, uh, in the public, Justice Porter, in a dissent, said, what, what you justices have done, now I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said in his dissent, uh, essentially, what y'all have done is you have established secularism as America's official religion. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and people, and the sad part, and I think you and I have talked about this, well, the sad part, 1962. Now, Bill, you probably wasn't even born in Oh, I was. Yes, I was, but now I was only four. <laughs> well, I was a teenager. Well, okay. My twin brother was a teenager. <laughs> I don't think I was that old. But anyway, uh, I, I well remember, and in 62, the vast majority of Americans were church-going Christians or they were religious uh, Jewish people. So Judeo-Christian ethics was a vital part uh, of America. Had we done what we should have done in 1962, we could have easily reversed or halted this trend or uh, this slouch towards Gomorrah. But yeah. we didn't. We failed. And I'm going to tell you something. We're going to answer if not on this world, we're going to answer in the next world while we let that happen. Yep. And, and that's exactly what. Now, we all, I can remember, well, that's bad, but that's up there. Well, you know, well, that's, that's not, that doesn't affect us. And, and mm. you know, gradualism, just gradual, a little insidious gradualism until the left pushes one little step at a time, one little step at a time. Now, there wasn't an out. There wasn't a counter-revolution, an, an uprising of Christians when in 1962, but had the Supreme Court done what they are doing now, like overturning the right of uh, uh, the, the protection of, of marriage as between one man and one woman, uh, if they had sanctioned of the hedonistic pleasure-seeking world that we have today, if they had done that in 1962, there would have been a revolt. Yeah. But the liberals, the progressives, the postmodernists, the neo-Marxists, they're smart. 
you got to give, like Mama used to say, you got to give the devil his dues. He's bad, but he knows how to be bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and the postmodernists, yeah. the progressives, they took one little step at a time. They infiltrated our colleges, our universities. Uh, and yeah. soon they were using our tax money to teach neo-Marxism to our students, to brainwash them. Right. And right. we are paying for it. Well, you know what? Um, I think you're exactly right. Listen, uh, let's take a break. I want you to. I want to turn you loose again in just a moment after the break. We're talking with Ron Kennedy, one of the Kennedy twins and uh, author of a new book regarding Jefferson Davis, uh, also an author of a best-selling book, The South Was Right, a, a great view of, of Christianity and what's taking place in America from Ron Kennedy. We'll be back in just a moment. Ron, let me ask you this. I was just looking at an article about uh, the the uh, sodomite ceremony the other day that Joe Biden had at the White House pertaining to oh. his signing the respect for yeah the respect for marriage act yeah and he makes makes this comment uh, in here he says he said this law and the love it defends strikes a blow against hate in all its forms and then he said thank you to everyone for a long fought victory many years in the making I, I just wonder if you might want to reflect on what he had to say there. Well, I've got to hold my tongue because uh, I don't want to fall from grace. I'm a Methodist, you know. I don't want to fall from grace because I, 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 the the words that it initially won't I want to release. I think is in, it's inspired by the devil. So let me let me cool down just a bit. Okay. But uh, you know, hmm. we, we live in a time when normal is now unnormal. You know, we live in a time when perversion is now perfect, and those of us who are who believe in the traditional Judeo-Christian ethics that's been around for thousands of years, we are now the perverts. And listen, you you think you well, my church is conservative, and we we don't believe in all that, but. But the time is fast approaching, and people don't believe it. And they wouldn't believe Donald and I back in 1991 when we warned them of, that they were going to start coming after not only Confederate monuments, but all monuments uh, of, of American heroes. Well, we were proved right. But I'm going to tell you something else. They're coming after the churches. If your church doesn't believe what Joe Biden just said, you're going to be uh, stigmatized and branded as a Christian nationalist. Where in the world did that come from? I mean, a Christian nationalist. So you're like a Christian Nazi or something, and yep. they're going to come after you. Uh, so, you know, we've got to look for some solutions. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to even grace a comment about Biden and, and yep. what he said. That, that, <clears throat> that was something that, that out of the very pits of hell. Uh, I agree. It's, I, I'm. I, I'm just not going to say it, but we, the people, it, we are allowing this to happen. So we've got to come with, up with some solutions. Now, I have a little old book. It's on my website, uh, kennedytwins.com, and I, I don't believe it's available on Amazon, but it's called Red State, Red County Secession. And, you know, it's time that we consider, is there something we can do to threaten the establishment so much that they will back off and allow us, the, the quote, normal people, uh, the people who believe in traditional Christian moral values and 
Christian political values to allow us to live the life that we live in our communities, and we're going to have to find a way to do it. And I talk about that in Red State, Red County Secession, and, and the thought isn't that we're going to just, uh, you know, the Confederacy is going to rise again and, and secede. And that's not going to happen. You look at the Georgia election for the Senate. When you look at that map, you'll see that most of those counties were red, but the, the center where they had all the educational institutions, universities, all Atlanta and Savannah and places like that, they had the overwhelming numbers that, that they were able to carry it for the uh, the liberal uh, well, senatorial candidate. Yeah, Warnock, yeah. Well, yeah, so, and it's time for us to, like, wait, maybe it's time to consider secession. Maybe the red counties in these states that are being run by the uh, neo-Marxists, maybe it's time for us to get together and say it's time to form a new state. Uh, the same goes for uh, areas of, of uh, eastern uh California, uh, already Oregon, about about eight or nine counties have already voted to secede from Oregon. So this is not a southern thing. This is an American thing that we're going to say, look, when you try to when you try to force other people to live, use the government to force other people to take on your ideology when it violates their religious, moral values, then that there's a problem. He said, well, we got to compromise. Okay, you got people that want to do full-term abortion, and you got those who don't. Where is there a compromise between life and death? Yeah, good you got, point. You, you got people that want to groom, like, uh, uh, children and teach all kind of perversion, even in the kindergarten. Well, now, where is there a point of compromise between them and us? Right. Oh, well, you can start grooming them when they get to, say, the sixth grade then. That's not a compromise. That's a total defeat. Right, right. So we, we are at the point where there's an, an irreparable division in America, and we've got to say there's got to be a way that we can establish a government that protects our interests, first and foremost, and promotes our interests. I talk about that in Red State, Red County, <clears throat> the session. I talk about mm-hmm. it in Dixie Rising Rules for Rebels. I talk about it in B.E. Separate, Bible Belt Revival, or Marxist Revolution. There's there's ways that we can do this, but if we don't get organized, if we don't do it, we're going to be marching one more step every day <clears throat> down the road to Gomorrah, and that's yep. exactly where America's headed. Well, you know, as but we've got to come up with something. We've got to come up with something different than the oh well. Let's just hope we do better in the next election. Oh we yeah, we will never do better in the next election. Yeah, that's the not going to work, is, is it? The system is designed to allow the leftists to win, and when, even if the uh, quote conservatives win. They run them out of office. They do everything they can to prevent them from getting anything done. <clears throat> I was just looking at the Hunter Biden uh, laptop that uh, that the you know it's got some horrible stuff on it, and supposedly the new Republican House is going to do an investigation. But the establishment is already <clears throat> working up a way to prevent that, to yep. keep the information from coming out, to slander those who are who are doing the investigation, to slander and threaten those who testify. 
No, these people do not play fair according to our definition of fair. So it's time that we come up with something a lot different than what we've been using in the past if we want to survive as the people. You know, I saw uh, several years ago uh, an article by Walter Williams, and he talked about what you're talking about here. He talked about, you know, it's time for us, and he called it having a divorce. We need a divorce in America and, and have, because we have irreconcilable differences and people go their separate ways because we're not coming back together. We're not coming back to the middle where there's too far differences between us. And he says it's time for us to separate. Uh, absolutely true. I, I love Walter Williams. Uh, he's in heaven now. Uh, I still have a lot of his columns. Donald and I cited him. He was a great man. But uh, I, 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 he was absolutely correct. Uh, he was on point. Uh, And national divorce, you're absolutely right. It's time for those of us who believe in godly principles of morality and conservative principles of government. We don't believe in big government. We believe in limited government. So when those who are in control who believe in big government, well, what we end up with is not quite so big government. That's not a compromise. That's a victory for the left. Right. And that's why why we are where we are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. You're exactly right. I tell you, Ron, I think you hit the nail on the head. We've got to do something, and we and we need to do it sooner than later because we're losing this entire battle as our whole country is looking like Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's just, um, and as you put it at the beginning, God is not in the apology business, and he's going to bring punishment on countries such as ours for this kind of nonsense that we got involved in. And, and, and again, it's... It's a cultural war, but before you have a decent culture, you've got to have a religious people. And, and a lot of this is the failure of the church, and, and whether it's the Protestant church or the uh, Roman Catholic church, or it's, it's still it's our failure as Christians to hold the people to the line that we elect. It's too late now. They've got the evil media behind them. They've got the, uh, all the indoctrination centers of, of universities behind them. We've got to come up with a solution that uh, does a uh, end run around the elite who control America today. And, and right. we can, and that's the things that I talk about in some of these other books. Well, listen, and if anybody's interested, they can find the book on my website, www.kennedytwins, one word, kennedytwins.com. Well, that's just, that's exactly what I was about to ask you. How can people get your book? So, KennedyTwins.com, and they have uh, access to your new book. You can also get that on Amazon, can't you, about Jefferson Davis? Yes, you can get uh, just about all of my books you can get on uh, Amazon. Uh, the Jefferson Davis book, believe it or not, I've been so busy, I haven't had time to get it out on the uh uh, get it on my website yet, but it is available on Amazon, and hopefully by this time next week it'll be on my website too. Okay. Well, listen, Ron, it's been great to have you here. I hope that you have a Merry Christmas with your family and you have a great holiday season, and we want to have you back uh, in the new year and talk about some of these things and perhaps uh, go over some of these principles again with you. That'll be great. Thank you very much, and a Merry Christmas to all. Okay. The Lord bless you, Ron. Thank you. Bye-bye. 